Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. America! At 10! Hat! At ease, please. T-G-I-F. Means thank God it's Friday. Or as Jason like to say here around Nashville, thank God it's fried. Personally, I think I'm speaking for everybody when I say that this weekend can't get here quick enough. Or as my guy Handyman from Living Color used to say, let's get this party started quickie. Hey man, look here, man. Thank you for joining us. We got a great show as always. Returning to the show, we have the author, Wilford Riley, and he's the author of the book, Hate Crime Hoax, which I think is very apropos considering what's going on with this whole Jesse Smollett trial. Can't wait to hear what he and Jason have to say about all of this. Take a listen and see what's going on. Next, the recording artist formerly known as Prince wrote a song about our next guest. And the song just simply said, you could be the most beautiful girl in the world. <laughs> and of course, I'm talking about the first lady of the fearless family, Shamika, the real Michelle. And she also wants a little piece of juicy, schmole. So ladies and gentlemen, I'm gonna tell you right now, if you have small children, Uncle Jimmy's warning you in advance. Send them out of the room now, cause I guarantee you, Meek Meek's gonna bring it home, okay? Last and darn sure not least, I told you before, if this brother were alive back in biblical times, he'd be undoubtedly called a wise man. And of course, I'm talking about our minister of intel and civility. I'm talking about the Professor Delano Squires. Delano's gonna be here to talk about, well, whatever he darn well chooses to do because he's got it like that, okay? Listen, y'all, it's that time. Hit the likes, hit the side subscribes, release the doves, release the hounds. Kiss a fat chick. Do the dilly dilly if you feel me. Give him five stars. Because <laughs> otherwise he's going to bug you about it the whole entire star. So, ladies and gentlemen, I would normally tell you to give him a warm, warm round of applause. But for what? He'll clap for himself. Give it up for Jason Whitlock, y'all. You know, at some point, Uncle Jimmy's going to have to give me some credit for, you know, the weight I lost, and he's going to have to cut down on these fat jokes, but that's up to me. i got to take care of that uh, myself. All right, happy Friday uh, as well. And so, hey, let's get right to it. Jimmy's told you what's on the table. Uh, why don't I just rub some sticks together and start this fire? Uh, Jussie Smollett, yeah, he belongs in jail. Not for long but long enough to send a message that the country will no longer tolerate racial hoaxes. If actress Lori Laughlin can serve two years in prison for bribing her children's way into college, 
It's not far-fetched to believe Smollett should serve six months for adding to America's racial divide. It's easy to relate to Laughlin's crime. Parents will do anything to give their kids a leg up. Laughlin was one of 33 parents willing to pay large sums of money to buy their kids into prestigious colleges and universities. It's a fairly relatable crime. Smollett's crime isn't. On Thursday, a jury convicted the former Empire actor on five of the six charges related to staging a hate crime in January of 2019. Smollett, who is black and gay, claimed two white male Trump supporters beat him up, tied a noose around his neck, called him the N-word, and warned him that Chicago was MAGA country. In truth, Smollett paid two black Nigerians to assault him and help stage the hoax. Smollett's telling of the story smelled like a hoax from day one. He lives in such a fantasy world and abuses drugs so frequently that he's completely unaware of reality. Chicago is far more Larry Hoover, gangster disciple country than Trump land. Trump supporters don't assault black men at 2 a.m. in Chicago. Black gang members do. Smollett is an idiot, an imbecile with no connection to reality, to the reality of poor and working class black Americans. He's a Hollywood elite in bed with the left-wing political and media elite. We learned during the course of his trial that Smollett spent his free time smoking weed, snorting cocaine, and visiting gay bathhouses with one of his Nigerian co-conspirators. He lived the typical Hollywood celebrity life. He used race to enhance his brand. For, his, for this crime, he belongs in jail for six months. Too many ultra-elites are using race to enhance their brands. From LeBron James to Colin Kaepernick, multi-millionaire celebrity influencers have grown comfortable stirring racial division to increase their social media standing. In 2017, without providing a shred of evidence, LeBron James claimed vandals spray-painted the N-word on his Los Angeles mansion. Worse, James analogized the crime to the pain Emmett Till's mother felt when learning that her 14-year-old son had been brutally murdered. Let me quote directly uh, from LeBron James speaking to the media back in 2017 when he suffered this hate crime. I think back to Emmett Till's mom, actually. It's kind of one of those, one of the first things I thought of. The reason that she had an open casket is because she wanted to show the world what her son went through as far as a hate crime and being black in America. No matter how much money you have, no matter how famous you are, no matter how many people admire you, being black in America is tough. We got a long way to go for us as a society and for us as African Americans until we feel equal in America. Brian James is worth a half billion dollars. He spends most of his life with white and black people worshiping him. How tough is it for LeBron James for all his money? How tough is it? Oh my God, it's so tough being worth a half billion dollars and all these people kissing my ass. It's very tough for me, LeBron James. I gotta pay people to put hair on the top of my head. I got people to groom my beard. 
oh, it's just very tough. And they spray painted the N-word on my LA mansion when I was in Cleveland and my servants had to clean it up before I could see it or any of my kids. Before I could even show the police, my servants cleaned it up. Oh, it's so tough. I'm like, first thing I thought of when I was in Cleveland and heard about someone spray painting my mansion, first thing I thought about was Emmett Till and his mama. It was very similar to what I was going through hearing about someone spray painting my garage door in Los Angeles, my summer home. Doesn't that remind you of Emmett Till's mama? When Emmett Till's mama saw her 14-year-old son brutally murdered, I'm sure she thought, oh my God, there will be an NBA player someday that will have his garage door spray painted. And it will be just like my 14-year-old son being brutally murdered. They'll think of me whenever they see spray paint and graffiti. Like Smollett, James is an intellectual lightweight, far removed from the reality of working class and poor black people. Like Smollett, James is in bed with the left-wing political and media elite. Like Smollett, James is obsessed with increasing his fame and fortune, and he's willing to use race to do it. The race bait industry is one of the most profitable professions available to celebrities with limited intelligence, secular values, and a malleable worldview. That's why Colin Kaepernick left his football career to launch a second career as the racial martyr symbol, Mute Hamid Ali. One month after Smollett called police claiming to be a victim of a racist attack, American political science professor Wilfred Wiley published the book, Hate Crime Hoax, How the Left is Selling a Fake Race War. The book argues that there are actually more white black hate crime hoaxes then there are white black hate crimes. This is why I believe Smollett belongs in jail for six months. People have grown comfortable staging fake hate crimes. Most observers believe the judge will send Smollett to probation or to one or two months of jail time at most. He's likely to receive a slap on the wrist. He has no previous criminal history. Smollett's first offense, though, is a lot worse than the poor or the poor black or white kid who gets arrested for stealing. Smollett committed a very serious crime. His allegations could have sparked civil unrest in Chicago. His allegations clearly contributed to the country's racial divide. Beyond that, his preposterous allegations undermine the credibility of people who do experience legitimate forms of racial unfairness. Smollett harmed everyone, whether black or white. Anyone with a genuine concern for racial harmony and reconciliation should want to see Smollett harshly punished. A light sentence won't teach Smollett or America's other racial pranksters a lesson. Despite the damning testimony of his Nigerian collaborators, Smollett chose to take the witness stand and claim there was no hoax. He repeated his lies under oath. He's an actor and an activist. He's unlikely to ever repent, but sending him to prison for six months will deter others from following his path. It's the same reason a judge put Lori Laughlin behind bars for two months. Her husband served five months. The goal was to send a message to other rich parents. 
The judge should use Smollett to send a loud message. America is tired of the racial hoaxes executed by the left, corporate media, and celebrity elites. Mm. Now that's my fire uh, for today, and here to help me fan the flames, or put it out, put out the fire, is Wilford Riley, who wrote the book, Hate Crime Hoax, and how the left are using, uh, promoting a fake race war. And so uh, I, I found it interesting, Wilford, that your book actually published a month after Jussie Smollett made his allegations. So uh, you were really ahead of this conversation. And so I, I, what do you think of my contention that Jussie needs some serious jail time, not a slap on the wrist, because we do need a message sent that, hey, let's cut it out with the racial hoaxes. Yeah, I mean, so Jussie Smollett, first of all, has done a lot for my career. Uh, I actually sent him a signed copy of Hate Crime Hoax. Uh, in terms of in terms of what should happen to him, I, I don't disagree with you, Jason. Very often in these cases, what we see is sort of a light slap on the wrist. The charge would be something like filing a false police report. Um, the, the sentence would be probation or community service. I personally feel that if you falsify a serious crime, like a sexual assault or a racial beating, you should get something close to the penalty that's associated with that crime. I mean, the Chicago Police Department spent something like $130,000 chasing down the imaginary attackers of this well-known black LGBT actor in the city. So, yeah, something uh, across six counts, when you say something like a sentence of six months, that, that doesn't sound unreasonable. Wilfred, how prevalent, refresh our memory, I know you've written a book, but how prevalent, pervasive, how often are we seeing these hate crime hoaxes? Is it as, because it seems like once a month there is one that makes the news cycle. It seems pretty prevalent. Well, I think there are kind of two questions there. First of all, when it comes to sort of the basic everyday allegation of a hate offense, someone claims they were beaten up after closing time at a cowboy bar or a tough black club. I mean, I, I think that is true most of the time. What we've seen, however, is that the literal majority of these very high profile, quote unquote, racial hate incidents, whether you're talking about Jussie Smollett, Bubba Wallace with the noose in his NASCAR garage, Erica Thomas uh, verbally and I believe physically attacked at an upper end grocery store, you know, Air Force Academy, Duke Lacrosse, Nikki Jolly, so Grand Rapids, just so on down the line. Most of them have turned out not to be true Althea Bernstein, or at least not what they were presented as being. There definitely are people that pretty frequently stage these cinematic, high-profile incidents for whatever reason, to draw attention to often imaginary racism, to boost their professional profile, so on down the line. In terms of a hard number, putting together the book, Hate Crime Hoax, I was able to assemble a data set of 409 um, nationally or seriously regionally reported major cases that had been described as almost certainly due to hate police report in the very large majority of the cases that had then collapsed entirely. Uh, so it, we're not talking about one or two incidents. I mean, that data set, which is available to anyone to request it, is now up over a thousand individual incidents. Those are contained in more than 600 what we call case studies. And again, those are concentrated in the past five years, almost all in the past decade. Mm. 
Why do you think, obviously I have, I've argued that these guys, it's great branding, this whole victimhood thing. I think that a lot of these super wealthy celebrities uh, have guilt about being super wealthy and they think that being the victim of one of these hate crimes makes them more relatable uh, to working class black people. It, but if you had to guess, what, what do you think the motive is uh, for a Jussie Smollett or, and I certainly believe uh, LeBron James that I, I think, I'm not putting those thoughts in your mind, I think that was a hoax. What do you think the uh, motivation is? Well, the motivation, and I, I agree with you, we don't know, but the LeBron James case is pretty iffy. I mean, it's rare you remove all, in my opinion, it's rare you remove all evidence of a crime and then call the police and tell them you can't tell them anything about the crime. I mean, what that does is just have the effect of catapulting this into the news cycle. But um, the reason that people do this, there are some exceptions where people are just pursuing something mundane like insurance money. But the simple reality is that we have attached a power to victimization in the contemporary United States. Um, I don't really think there's any doubt about that at all. In fact, what we're seeing now is the era of kind of coddled, petted victimization, where some of the most privileged people in society who've benefited literally from legacy programs and then affirmative action are claiming to be victims on the basis of, for example, racial or LGBT status, because that gives you a leg up perhaps in the job application process. Anyway, that transfers over to criminal justice to some extent as well. I mean, we know that Jussie Smollett's goal was boosting his profile and getting an increased role in empire. And here's the thing, if he hadn't been caught, that's almost certainly what would have happened. Wilfred, thank you for the time. You're right for sending Jesse a, a thank you card. I'm sure he's helping the sell of your book. He certainly elevated and raised your profile. I was reading, you know, there's been a thousand stories written about you. I was reading one in the Washington, uh, the Wall Street Journal from a few years ago talking about Jesse. Uh, you owe Jesse some money. He's done a good service for you. Well, when he, uh, I mean, he, he owes the city of Chicago um, 130K or so, so we can call it even. I'm, I'm from the Windy myself. <laughs> All right, well, thank you. All right, let me tell you guys uh, about my good friends at Good Ranchers. Christmas time is here, and you're probably looking for the perfect gift. Don't buy another gadget that ends up breaking before most New Year's resolutions. Instead, give them Good Ranchers a box of 100% American raised meat that's steakhouse quality from parents to siblings, friends, co-workers, husbands, girlfriends, mistresses. I, I'm joking. I'm <laughs> Anybody would love this delicious Good Ranchers meat delivered straight to their door. Give a gift they'll remember for years. Get your Good Ranchers box or gift card today. Tis the season for open hearts and full stomachs. So give Good Ranchers with my promo code FEARLESS for $20 off and free express shipping. Just go to GoodRanchers.com, FEARLESS, or use the code FEARLESS at checkout. Take advantage of this special holiday gift. Fellas, tell your girlfriends, tell your wives, tell whomever, send me some Good Ranchers, particularly the cowboy box. It's made specifically for men. It's, 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 it's the perfect gift for you as a man, so you'll be eating good. Tell your wives, girlfriends, use the promo code FEARLESS, go to GoodRanchers.com, or do it yourself. Send yourself a Christmas gift, you deserve it. All right, don't go anywhere.
Uh, Shamika Michelle is going to be next, and I'm going to expand this conversation about Jussie Smollett to Rachel Rollins, the new federal prosecutor in Massachusetts. Next! All right, welcome back. Uh, time to bring in uh, Shamok Show because I want to uh, expand this conversation about Jesse Smollett and, and bring in Tucker Carlson uh, did something very interesting last night talking about this Rachel Rollins, uh, the new federal prosecutor for the entire state of Massachusetts. And, and so he didn't go all the way here. Uh, but he, he he went here a little bit as I as as I'm watching this in terms of we got an issue that no one wants to talk about other than me it seems I can't find it being discussed anywhere uh, mixed race kids mixed race young people mixed race old people that are struggling with their identity who are constantly playing the race card and are the loudest. Uh, voices on all of these racial issues, Jesse Smollett, half white, running around pretending like he's some full-blown uh, black man and his agenda is completely black. And then this Rachel Rollins, this half white uh, woman who's a bit of a lunatic, but I, I'm gonna, I wanna play a clip from Tucker Carlson talking about this last night. And, and, and then I, I may play another clip, but here's Tucker Carlson talking about this Rachel Rollins last night. Rachel Rollins is a living attack on our ancient system of justice, which once again is the best and most important thing the United States still has. Rollins has views that earlier generations would have correctly compared to Nazi race theory. She believes that melanin determines moral worth, which is grotesque and immoral. Here's Rollins in February of last year at a panel discussion with other lawyers. At one point, the U.S. attorney for the Eastern District of California, a man called McGregor Scott, dared to suggest that prosecutors ought to enforce laws. And here's how Rachel Rollins responded. I will say as one of less than 1% of actual people with melanin that are in this role, I really don't have much... Um, time for more white men telling me what communities of color need. So shut up, white man. You have to be the same color as the people you oversee. That was Rachel Rollins's legal argument. It's almost impossible to believe that is the person now administering all federal law in the state of Massachusetts, but it is. Tucker also played and, and we may play a touch of this as well, but he also played, she was involved in a controversy with a white woman who over a parking spot or something, uh, somewhere, this is before she was the federal prosecutor for the state of Massachusetts, and she pretended, Rachel Rollins did, pretended to be a cop, flashed, lights like that are in a cop car and threatened this white woman along racial lines. The white woman was sitting in her car with her black fiance. 
And Rachel Rollins was basically calling this white woman racist and threatening her and don't try me. And then a news team went out to interview Rachel Rollins and Rachel Rollins shouted at, threatened the white reporter and said, how dare you bring up the rantings of some white woman. Rachel Rollins is unhinged and she's no more or less unhinged than Jussie Smollett, and I'm about to bring Shamika in, but I wanna show you the activist, Jussie Smollett, some of you probably, I'm sure, have already seen it, but his interview with Robin Roberts and just the performance, the depth of this acting he's doing along racial lines, and, and so I wanna, let's play that clip, and then I'm gonna tell you how I'm gonna connect it all together. Why do you think you were targeted? I can just assume, I mean, I come really, really hard against 45. I come really, really hard against his administration. And I don't hold my tongue. Yeah. I want to ask you about Jesse Smollett. I think that's horrible. Uh, it doesn't get worse, as far as I'm concerned. Were you aware that he made that statement? I saw it. I don't know what to say to that, you know? Um, you know, I appreciate him not brushing over it. And there is no doubt in your mind what motivated this attack. I could only go off of their words. I mean, who says empire, this MAGA country, ties a noose around your neck and pours bleach on you? And this is just a friendly fight? I will never be the man that this did not happen to. Mm. I am forever changed. And I don't subscribe to the idea that everything happens for a reason, but I do subscribe to the idea that we have the right and the responsibility to make something meaningful out of the things that happen to us, good and bad. I come really, really hard after 45. And I use my tongue. We have a command to make the most of whatever happens to us. I come really, really hard at 45. These people are nuts. Justice Smollett is nuts. This Rachel Rollins woman, this person that Joe Biden has put appointed to this federal position in charge of enforcing laws across the state of Massachusetts. She's a nut job. She's racist. I Run the tape of her shouting at uh, this female reporter that tried to ask her a question outside of her home. Oh my God, my kids are inside. Can we speak to you for one second, Ms. Rollins? You, you're in front of my house with we, my we, children? We literally just pulled up here. Yeah, but how do you know where I live? Oh, it's public record, ma'am. Right, okay. 
That's unbelievable. We're not stalking you at all. We're yeah, not, but not. my kids are inside. Oh, we never even knocked the door. We were just parking here trying to figure out where we were going and someone said we saw you here. So. Yeah, okay. Thanks. So happened to see you here. Yeah. We did. We no, did. I, I'm going to please make sure that you're in front of my house with my children inside. And you're gonna put this on oh, here. This is your house. Yeah, sorry. so as a black woman, in this moment, in this country, you're gonna put my house on the screen? No, 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 ma'am. We're just here approaching you to ask you a question. Get away from my family. Speak to me at my job. If I get hurt or harmed because of this, you are on the record for that. Or my kids are, are killed. Listen. Who do you think you are? Get, this is private property, okay, we're gonna get out of here. Get out. And you yes. know what I'll do? I'll call the police on you and make an allegation okay. and we'll see how that works okay. with you. Absolutely. So the rantings of a white woman, get you here and scare my children? No, no, no. Get no. off of our private property. We're here and I swear to God, I'm dead it. serious. We're I will find your name. You. you can ask me somewhere else. I can give do you my not name. have a camera in front of my house. I can give you my name. Get her, I'm get them hiding. out of here. This is the Please. Boston Police. I will have you arrested. I swear to God. My children are gonna be hurt. That woman is nuts and she's racist. She's a despicable human being. That behavior is despicable. Someone showed me the case where any district attorney, federal prosecutor, whatever, has been killed because people know her address, which her address is a public record as the reporter tried to tell her. Someone showed me where kids are being killed because their mom or dad is a district attorney or a federal prosecutor. As a black woman in this time, you're gonna show up in front of my house and scare my kids? It's not a coincidence. This woman's half white, lived a very privileged life, as Tucker Carlson pointed out, played lacrosse at some prestigious high school or, or whatever. Jussie Smollett, he ain't from, he ain't from it either. These damn African Americans who don't, who seem, I, I don't know what they're. Barack Obama needs to come out and address this. He's a African American too. And these African Americans, the mulattoes, are running wild with racism and nuttiness and foolishness. Uh, Shamika, I know we've talked about this in the past. I don't want to just, because I know that it's not the case. It, it's not all of them, but there does seem to be a pattern here. I don't want anybody to think I have a problem with interracial marriage or dating, because I don't at all. Anybody that knows me knows my history. No, I don't. But I, I'm, I'm sick of this. This is embarrassing. They're running around acting like they're caping up and championing all this pro-black stuff, and they're not. They're working out their own individual identity issues. Yes, and we know that identity also includes your external characteristics. And Psychology Today talks about how someone who is overly concerned with how someone sees them or what impression they make on someone else can struggle with identity issues. When you're focused on 
the discrepancy, the discrepancy between who you are and who you want to be, that can cause you to struggle with identity. And this is what I see with them. Uh, so maybe they do want to be darker. Maybe they do want to be more black. Maybe they weren't raised around black people and they feel like they missed this side. I don't know what it is. But when Tucker talked about her playing lacrosse, I thought surely she didn't go to a black school because we didn't have lacrosse at the high school that I attended. So I was just wondering, maybe there is a real issue and they feel like who they are and who they want to be don't match up. And so they feel very inauthentic and authenticity can be correlated to mental health. So maybe they just don't feel authentic because they don't know who they are and therefore they do have some type of mental health issues stemming from the identity or lack thereof. The other thing that I think is crystal clear at this point and people need to discuss it and talk about, they have favored status within corporate America. It, corporations love to find the half black, half white person and put them in a position of prominence. Love to do it. Because one, they know like, uh, I really don't wanna mess with a thoroughbred. L let me get somebody who was raised inside of a white home and, and, and knows white assimilation and norms and uh, will be comfortable if I got to invite him over to dinner or whatever. I, my wife will be comfortable. I'll be comfortable because I know at least half of them is down with me. But I'm just, they get favored status treatment in corporate media, in corporate America. Uh, th there's a reason why Barack Obama and Kamala Harris have have uh, risen to president and vice president, and it hasn't been a thoroughbred. Uh, Kamala Harris is about 15% black, runs, and hats off to her for going to Howard and, and pledge, what she pledge, AKA or Delta, I can't remember, mm -hmm. AKA, she's AKA. like skin. Uh, AKA, uh, hats off to her. Ski wee uh, to <laughs> Kamala Harris. Barack Obama, another African, elevates the president. We, we know what he was doing uh, before Michelle. We know he was down with the swirl uh, before Michelle. And, and, and we know who raised him and what his, you know, Reverend Wright tried to give him some, some blackness. And then when that got inconvenient, he, he bounced away from him. Uh, but, but it's not a coincidence. And so that's why I sit around and say, we ain't had no black president. We, we have, it sounds like I'm jealous of them or I'm hating on them. I just want them to commit to their identity, their half. That's why I'm just, I love Sage Steele. I mean, I absolutely, I respect her, I love her. She is very confident in being half black and half white. She doesn't try to run away from her true identity. People hate on her for it. But this is a strategy by the power system and by liberals because they don't like thoroughbred black people. And they, if they gotta tolerate a black person, they want one with divided loyalties or a little identity insanity. Uh, that, that's my take on it, uh, uh, yours. 
Well, this is the thing, Jason. They know that they have privilege behind being uh, mixed race or a lighter persuasion. That's why we have colorism in the black community. You never see a, a darker skinned black woman hashtagging black bone. But you see mixed race uh, women all the time hashtagging yellow bone, red bone. You know, they always have felt as if they were superior and so when it benefits them, which is why it's funny to me that then all of a sudden, you know, they will use, oh, I'm so oppressed. I'm so, you know, black people are oppressed. We are being hunted by the police. That just isn't true. If anybody is hunted by the police, it certainly wouldn't be you. When you look at the amount of black men, even the ones that, you know, were committing crimes, they are not your light brights, almost whites. You have it easier in America. So for you to actually act as if times are just so hard for you, it has nothing to do with you being black in America. I think it would have everything to do with you not having any identity or not wanting to uh, identify with that side of you or not being honest and saying, hey, I really wanted to be in this circle or that circle and they just wouldn't accept me. Say that. I'm more comfortable with you saying that. I'm not comfortable, though, however, with you acting as if life has been so hard for you because you're just so black. When half of the time uh, on first glance, a lot of you, we can't even tell. So how is it that your life has been so hard because you're this black person when most of the time you don't even really look black? So that that is just, you know, inauthentic to me. And it's a, a crock of crap and it, I don't like it. And but this is why they're so loud. I was looking back at a video that I did last year or that I was in last year. I had to speak in Dallas and I was being ridiculed by a mixed breed woman. And she kept asking me, are you black? Are you black? And she was really insulted that I was speaking uh on conservative values as a black woman. And she really had the audacity as someone standing at the stage, very pale with uh, obviously mixed breed hair, questioning me, a dark skinned black woman with an Afro, asking me, am I black? As if I needed to prove anything to her. When I look in the mirror every day, I see a black woman. Like it's no question that I am black mixed with black. <laughs> Well, Shamika, I think what she was really saying is you don't come really hard at 45 and I use my lips. Right. Man, Robin Roberts needed to slap the shit out of it. And, you know, I, 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 I'm glad that you haven't been as profane as me. But this is how, because I really have been working on my language and I've been doing a good job. But this is how frustrated I am with this whole little it's, it's all intentional to install these crazy people who haven't worked through their identity issues, put them on platforms, celebrate them, make them the gold standard as bait for everybody else out there that's black, half black or whatever. If you really want to be black, you need to be as crazy as Rachel Rollins. You need to get on national TV and do that kind of acting job that uh, Jussie Smollett did in front of Robin Roberts. And, and, and thank you, Shamika. Uh, I appreciate you. Have a great weekend. Um,
I'm, you did a great job because Jesse Smollett uh, teed me up and teed me off, and I know he could have done the same to you, but you, you played it professional. Uh, you know why I'm not sweating right now? And it's like 72 degrees in here because sweat block is my new friend. One of the things I always used to worry about when giving speeches or appearing on TV was pitting out. I have to make sure I'm not going to be covered in sweat and have it ruin my clothes. I don't worry about that anymore because I always use sweat block. Sweat block is stronger and much more effective than other antiperspirants. Plus, it has a dry shirt guarantee. If sweat block doesn't keep you dry, you get your money back. Not only is it doctor recommended, but it's made right here in the USA. If you or someone you love is dealing with this issue, you have to check out sweat block. Get it today for 20% off at sweatblock.com with the promo code FEARLESS. That's sweatblock.com, promo code FEARLESS. It's like 72, 73 degrees in here. I'm mad as hell. I'm going off on Jussie Smollett and Rachel Rollins and all these other racial radical puppets that are being used, LeBron James, all of them. LeBron James comparing himself to Emmett Till's mama. I ain't sweating a bit because of sweatblock. All right, stick around. Delano, Delano Squires. Derek's. All right, welcome back. Uh, you know, it's the perfect time to bring Delano Squires into the show because we need to clash this thing up. I've been hot all day and, and probably a bit vicious. And so, uh, you know, Delano can elevate things for us here. Delano's written a great column today. The biggest lie pretends corporate media care about protecting the truth. Uh, and I'm going to read in little, the beginning of it. Advocacy media outlets like MSNBC, ESPN, and the New York Times have lost credibility because of how they treat the political left and right when each side tries pushing a big lie. He points out the hypocrisy, like, oh, the, the media is so diligent in making sure that no one says anything about the 2020 November election. And any of Trump's concerns about election integrity, oh, that's the big lie and you know, you can't say that. But any of the lies from the left? There's no diligence, there's no anything to try to keep that in check or to stop that misinformation. Uh, Delano, uh, if you we can we can start there, and I, I may circle back to get your because th- Jesse Smollett is a part of your your column you wrote here, so it, it does tie in with what I've been talking about all day. But I just what's the point? What 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 are you? Why'd you write today's column? What were you trying to say? Hey, Jason, um, I've been just thinking all week about um, you know the different stories that have been going on. One about Jesse, you know, Smollett's case. Um, the other about the UPenn swimmer, um, and then the other one was about the USA Today article about asking whether math is racist. And I was going to touch on each one of them. I thought about writing about each one individually. Then I realized the common thread was all of them are pushing one one type of lie or the other. Now, to me, the biggest lie, the civil, the civilizational lie, is the notion that men and women. Um, are not distinct categories, that biological sex is, a, is um, not a real thing, and that gender identity is some sort of, you know, social construct that we all have to bow down to at this point. 
and and that's the one that I you know that I, I felt like I had the most material on, and as I said, that that is a lie that can destroy and will destroy a civilization. But then I thought about you know asking whether math is racist and what it means when education uh, leaders, politicians, activists constantly push for the lowering of standards specifically for black students. Um, and, and what that means in terms of having those students believe the lie that they can't achieve unless people are constantly trying to change the rules of the game in their, in their favor. Um, and then the third thing, as I said, was, you know, uh, Jussie's tall tale about being attacked by two white um, Trump supporters yelling, it's MAGA country in Chicago in the middle of the night on a cold, you know, winter morning. And the notion that race relations haven't changed at all in the last hundred years. Um, each of those things is corrosive to our country. Each of them uh, have an impact on, you know, the, the sort of the feelings of self-image and, and human dignity of the people involved. And I just want to, to shine a light on that because um, as, as you've said before, like our, our country is going through an identity crisis and we don't understand our common identity, one, as Americans, and even deeper than that, we don't understand and appreciate our identity as created beings made in God's image and likeness. And because of that, people are reaching for all different types of identities to hold on to. And what we're finding is that none of them really fully satisfy the people who are pushing you know, some, of these, some of these lies. So I, I want to bring attention to that. Um, whether it's the, I talk about the ethnic Munchausen syndrome that people like Jesse Smollett are going through where they, you know, fake hate crimes for the sake of getting attention and affirmation, uh, or whether it's the, the personal indignity that some of these young women have to suffer when they have to stand on a podium in the number two or number three spot, looking up at a, a clearly male first place winner and having to smile and, and act like it's okay that you know, they came in, you know, behind a person who shouldn't even be in their competition to begin with. All of those things are going to have long-term effects on our country, and I just want to, to take some time to write about that. You know, as I went through the three lies you pointed out, math being racist, UPenn swimmer, uh, Jussie Smollett, it's hard for me to prioritize which is worse. Uh, because they're all bad. But, but the one that strikes me in the gut, maybe the hardest, honestly, is the math is racist deal. Because mm. it's a direct message to kids that uh, you don't need to worry about academic achievement. Even something as universal as math, knowing that two plus two equals four, that's actually racist, and as a black kid, you now have the excuse of, well, I'm no good at math because uh, it's racist. And it's like, when, when you get to be my age, or when you get, because I'm, I'm telling you, when I was in school as a kid, I would be one of those kids like, why are they making me learn this? I'm gonna do something else. I, I ain't gonna, I'm not gonna be an accountant, or I'm not gonna be this or that. Why do I need to learn math? And like, but when you get my age or in your 20s, 30s, you, you start figuring out like, the, the real purpose of math is teaching you how to think critically. 
it, it's mm. <laughs> when they, when they come with the algebra problems and two x plus y blah blah blah. It, it's really training your mind to be able to put together evidence to be able to put oh this person reacted to me this way, and then this other person who's connected to this person reacted to the same information this way, and therefore I can now make some, oh, this is why they're reacting to me this way. I can draw conclusions from their, that's mm -hmm. what mass in my per universal purpose is, to teach, to train your mind to think critically and to put things together. And so many people, regardless of color, but so many people, and particularly black, can't think critically. And the, a lot of discussions we have all the time on this show are like, hey, can you look at this action by the Democratic left and figure mm -hmm. out what their real agenda is? And that's thinking critically, rather than just taking everything at surface level. Hey, I'm an anti-racist, I'm anti-fascist, but your actions, the things you're doing, don't promote less racism, don't promote less fascism. They actually do the, anyway, the, the is math racist, just as a father, as a parent, sending that message to your kids infuriates me. I, I would have to agree with you, and I, and I just want to speak a little bit sort of on my personal experience with this, right? Like I, I studied engineering as an undergrad, um, I was an okay engineer. A lot of my humanities and liberal arts classes brought my, my GPA up. But I took pre-calculus um, and calculus in, in high school and, and, you know, the early part of my college career. Um, physics, you know, physics one, two, and three. So I'm, I'm, I've done a lot in terms of STEM, in terms of study. I've also run STEM programs for, for kids and low-income kids, kids that live in public housing. Um, you know, kids who may not have been exposed to technology um, or, or mathematics or science in a, in, a, in a large way prior to those programs. So I'm all for making STEM and, you know, science, technology, engineering and mathematics more relevant to kids who may not have had previous exposure. What I'm not for is lowering standards and then thinking that I'm going to get better performance. And the thing about this is it doesn't care what it doesn't matter what people call it, whether they say they're doing it for the sake of equity or trying to, to you know, bridge the achievement gap. When you lower standards, you send a signal to children that we don't believe you can perform up to the level of everyone else. And that has certain short term effects in terms of, you know, confidence in, in their own abilities. And it has long term effects. Because if people know that the average black student has had to go through a less rigorous course of study than their peers, why would you want to hire that person to build a bridge or to build medical technology, right? 10, 15, 20 years down the line. So for me, this is one of those things where, and I said this in the piece, I want to see like the National Society of Black Engineers say something about this and say, no, we believe black kids can learn. We believe that we keep our standards high. We, we change the culture in schools. We demand that parents create, you know, uh, healthy learning environments when kids go home. We demand that, that kids take ownership and possession of their own education, particularly as they get older. 
and that everybody should be pushing them to achieve all that they can, knowing full well that everyone is not going to exhibit equal aptitude in every subject across the board. That is, that has, that's not even a race issue, right? That's not a skin color issue. That's just s- some people are more gifted in, in mathematics, some people are more gifted in arts, some people have a natural inclination to, you know, towards language, some people have that inclination towards athletics. There are all different types of intelligences that people can display but I, I just I have a personal revulsion to this type of thing where people are saying that, you know, focusing on getting the right answer is racist in math. And it's always, you know, uh, pushed forward as, as to benefit black kids. So, you know, when, when, I, when I think about it, you know, I, I think and this is you know, not a math example, but I think about how, for instance, um, for, prior to this year, I'd say let's call it the last eight out of 10 sort of national spelling bee winners have been kids of Indian heritage and ethnicity. Some of these kids, I I guarantee, are coming from homes where English may not be the first language. But they win because anytime you dedicate time, attention, and resources to mastering a craft, you're going to get better. So you can see kids come from, oftentimes come from foreign countries and dominate a particular field. But you're telling me black students who were born here can't, you know, master two plus two. And I, I just to me, it's, it's totally defeatist. And that's one of those things that I personally reject. And, and I think every black person, parent, educator, politician should say, no, we are not going to lower standards and tell our kids that they're too dumb to master math or English or literature or, or history. I mean, Jason, 100 years ago, there were black students at, at the M Street School in Washington, D.C., which later was renamed Dunbar High School, who were reading Cicero, who were studying the classics. Now black kids in school get, you know, anti-racist baby and A is for activists and other nonsense textbooks talking about, you know, why, why they should you know, focus more on their skin color and hair texture, right? Education is meant to sort of bring a person outside of themselves, to expose them to a world that they, that they haven't necessarily experienced. But what these people want to do is fold kids back in on themselves to make them just as narcissistic as the adults that are teaching them. And to me, that's, a, that's, a, that's not the way we want to go. We're not going to produce scholars of, of any type of you know, uh, proficiency if that's the way we're going in the future. Uh, we'll end on this note. Don't have a lot of time. But uh, Jussie Smollett, I say, needs to get six months of jail time to send a message that we can't give him probation and a slap on the wrist. I think this crime is too serious. I think the, if, if he had pulled off his hoax, it had a chance to spark racial unrest in Chicago. Uh, there's been too many of these hate crime hoaxes, and we need to send a message. I think he needs some jail time. What do you say? I mean, if if the charges that he was charged with carry with it a penalty of, of jail or prison, I'm fine with it. Six months, you know, give him enough time to think about what he did. Now, what I hope doesn't happen is that he calls up Lil Nas X and they do part two of Industry Baby and then turn this into even more of a fiasco. Right. I hope that's not the case. But. You know, I'm I'm fine with it. Uh, you know, as you let, said. Let me sense, just say this, because, Delano. Uh-huh. For the first time ever, 
Shamika would be proud of you. You just cracked a joke that she would have cracked. <laughs> yeah, I mean. Good job. Good job. I'm sure Uncle Jimmy's going to have something to say about that here in a minute. Uh, thank you. I got to let you go. Uh, go to youtube.com slash Jason Whitlock. Uh, it's time for Uncle Jimmy and our approval rating on Jussie Smollett. It's my obligation to hate discrimination, raising up your hands for freedom. Are you miserable? Haven't been on a date in years? Are you still upset that the cool kids bullied you in junior high school? Mixed race and yearning for the street cred of the homies? Or maybe you're just an angry, radicalized woman who lacks the skills and allure that Kamala Harris used to attract a Willie Brown. Hi, my name is Dr. Van Joan. I am the head of DIE for the Alphabet Mafia. DIE stands for Diversity, Inclusion, and Equity. Die. Does that sound fun? If you're bitter about your life, you're mad about the way God made you, and you're a total loser, then you are a prime candidate to become a made man or made woman in the Alphabet Mafia. You want to know more about us? We're a for-profit coalition of organizations funded by George Soros. We're Black Lives Matter, LGBTQ, and critical race theory, all rolled into one. We burn and loot cities, we redefine marriage, and we're also in the process of redefining and expanding gender identities. If you have a writing flair, you would be a good fit at the New York Times. We're rewriting history, and we're helping Americans understand that this country is a massive failure. Do you have a violent criminal history? Maybe you've done time in prison for pedophilia. Great. Maybe even some domestic violence. And you can't find the right job in corporate America? No problem. At DIE, you're a perfect candidate to loot, burn, and terrorize black communities. You could be the next Joseph Rodenbaum. So don't miss your chance to kill America. Call us right now at 1-800-555-MARA. That's 1-800-555. Let's all make America racist again. All right, Uncle Jimmy's here. My favorite time of the show. Uh, we get a review of my performance. <laughs> Flawless today, I mean. Hey, man, honestly, I told you before, words cannot describe your performance. Honestly, I can't find words for it. I'm speechless. Uh, as a matter of fact, I'd like to ask the people out there in the Fearless Army. I, I, this is the part where I need you to type in words to tell me how you feel about Jason's performance. I, Jason, it was a big performance. Thank you. I, I, I big, big, there's not any other adjectives you'd like to? Um, magnificent, perhaps? Is, it, 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 it was uh, magnanimous. Mag who? Magnanimous. <laughs> Two impersonations. 
And on and on that note, I'm glad you said that. Three, Chris, three twenty-seven. 327, that's the amount of time that Jason took up doing that horrible LeBron James impersonation. <laughs> horrible. Why was it horrible? It was I, factual is what it was. It's something you should be ashamed of yourself about, honestly, bro. And, and then my impression, Juicy Smart, I come really hard at 45, and I use my, my lips. Man, you know what I heard him say that. You know, if I, I, I you know, sometimes you want to talk to the TV like, yeah. I damn it, you get my age, I damn it, you happy to come however you come. <laughs> when I come at 45. Yeah, you just went too far. But anyway, move on. Move on. <laughs> I'm just saying. That, wait a minute, you, you said it I'm about to expand on Shamika. That's too far? <laughs> Come on, man. Stop that, man. You... All right, since you don't want to give me credit, how about, you know, man, Wilfred Riley? Man, hey, man, Whoop, now, I like him. He, he's starting to come around. Now, I don't know if you heard him or not, but did you notice he said that LeBron James committed a crime on himself and then cleaned it up before the police got there? Yeah. Now, you know that sounds like some black mess right there. That sounds like <laughs> something we would do. <laughs> Commit a crime and then clean it up and call the police. <laughs> And honestly, we joke about this all the If LeBron James, if that actually happened to LeBron James, right, yeah. and they actually defaced his property, yeah. you know that man got 5 billion Twitter followers. You know good and well, he'd be out there with that sign like, <laughs> am I right? I mean, he'd be all, I mean, it would be everywhere. Look what they did to me. <laughs> you never seen it, man. Stop it, man. I and actually, the way, and, and really, you better listen to Wilford, because he said it in the beginning. He's like, Oh, uh, well, you know, uh, I kind of feel like uh, uh, Juicy might owe me a little money considering I wrote my book right before this happened. <laughs> you know, he kind of, you know, he, he going to have to, he, he going to put the squeeze on Juicy in a minute, man. <laughs> uh, Shamika did a great job. Always, man. Shamika, Shamika always does a great job. And I think the thing, honestly, that, that happened with today's show was it started, we was kind of joking about Jesse and whatever. But as the show went on and the topic kept going, it, it got serious. It got serious and it kept going and going. And you started getting a little emphatic and hyphy about it, man, it, because it's a serious subject. It's a very serious you subject. You know, and, and, and truthfully, it, it's exactly, remember, this is what Jim Brown spoke about in the fictional movie One Night in Miami. He talked about, yo, man, you light-skinned brothers. Y'all are the ones that's out here creating the most problems. I mean, and... I mean, like I said, a fictional movie, fictional character. Rage. That was a real real problem going on back there, man. So anyway, I I just thought it was real. How about uh, my man Delano ending with an industry baby joke? I I thought that was pretty clever. Delano, stop letting them do that to you, man. (laughs) I'm so disappointed in Delano for dropping that, man, because he did good. Man, how you going to drop? Man, Delano be coming out here dropping, dropping truth bombs, man. You know, it, what did he say, man? He said that, is math racist? Hell yes. If you ain't got a calculator. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's their argument. Black kids can't afford calculators. That's so they why can't math, do math. Yeah, that's why math is you racist. Know, yeah. uh, you, you ask about spelling, and I know you don't know this. This is a true, true. Do you know they don't give kids spelling tests in school no more? I did not know that. I, honest to God, no joke. You don't, kids don't take spelling tests anymore, which why should, I asked the teacher, I said, why don't they, well, as long as they can get close to the word, because, you know, most of what they do is on the computer, spell check. As long as they can get close to the word, that's all you have to. 
They're dumbing fact, down buddy. society, Jim. That's, that's, that's the whole goal behind all of this. Uh, and Jussie Smollett is the biggest idiot. Oh, oh, excuse me. You said that man need to go to jail for six months. Yeah. I disagree with you. Do you know what they do to you in jail, Jason? Do you know what happens to you in jail? What? I mean, you've heard the stories of what happens to you in jail. Man, that man will go to jail for six months. Six months ain't going to do him. He need about a year, two years, then he'll be happy. <laughs> he'll pretend, y'all only giving me six? I want 12. That's bullshit. <laughs> I, you know, I cursed today two or three times. I was, I've been on a streak where I haven't been cursing. This whole, honestly, I give you, I, I'm serious. I saw this Jesse Smollett honestly hit something within you. Yeah. All right. Uh, we got an approval rating on Jussie Smollett, Smollett, whatever his name is, Juicy. Uh, job performance. Uh, he's a racial rabble rouser. That's his job. He doesn't work in acting anymore. I hadn't here recently. So I, I give him a five in job performance. I give him a 25 in job performance. What's his job? D- have, have you been keeping up with the trial? Yeah. Have you been listening to what? Have you been listening to testimony? Hey, man, they said this man slamming down more weenies than Joey Chestnut in a sauna. <laughs> Come on, man. That's a jo- hey, man, that's a job performance, now. <laughs> you talking about race bait and doing more for race. Hey, man, he hanging out with Nigerians. That's what he doing more for. I thought you were going to say the acting he did on, on the witness stand was him doing a great acting job. All right, uh, character. I can't believe I got him at a zero, and so do you. He has no character, but I, I thought you would go, you know, what a character he is. Listen, man, you never watched The Empire. No. You never watched The Empire. In one of the early episodes of Empire, Lucas throws Jesse into a trash can. <laughs> <laughs> he threw that character in the trash can. He get a zero, man. Gotcha. Uh, authenticity. I don't find very much authentic about him. I give him a two. I give him a 25. He's about that life. What life? He's about that life, that life of, of that LGBT life. Hey, man, that dude took, <laughs> that dude took one for the team. <laughs> <laughs> he, was, he was high on coke, weed, and everything, going to gay bathhouses with one of his co-conspirators. So you're right. Yeah, he is pretty authentic. Uh, it factor, uh, I got him at a zero. He does not do it for me. Hey, let me tell you something. He didn't do it when he said it happened, and he ain't done it after it happened. I don't believe him. He don't do it for me. Hey, man, he's garbage to me, man. He's All right, garbage. so we both have him at dumpster fires, but I've got him at a seven dumpster fire. <laughs> so you have him right on the cusp of being a grease fire, I think. 50-50, I'm trying to, you know, I'm trying. Unlike you, man, I, I try to be a little more tolerant. You really don't like light-skinned people, man. You got a problem with them, man. <laughs> it's so funny because, you know, if there was a candidate A to have an African-American kid, I would be, I'd be right there. So you said you would do your son like Lucas Dunjesse and throw your son in the trash? No, I would not. I, but he, would, <laughs> he wouldn't be out here doing this foolishness. He wouldn't be out here trying to pretend like he, he was Malcolm X, who was another light-skinned dude with red hair. Red. Remember, they called him Red. Uh, he wouldn't be doing that. He'd be very proud of all of his heritage. Where's your boy at? Oh. Sean King. Oh, who knows? I mean, he, he should be next. He should be upset right about now. I hear tomorrow. Okay.
tomorrow. I just won't wanna be. <laughs> All right, we'll see you next week. Regrets and our decisions We don't want to go to heaven with freedom It's my obligation to hate discrimination Raising up your hands for freedom Raise up 